There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grumbach, and we've got an awesome show for you coming up. This week, I was joined by Dr. Yasmin Tasalodi, a naturopathic doctor focused on treating the entire patient. We had a great conversation that focused on how to achieve optimal health, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. We talked about healthy eating habits and the important role that food plays in our health, as well as which foods to add to our diet and which foods to take out. You can learn more about Yasmin and what she's working on at dryasnd.com. That's D-R-Y-A-S-N-D.com, as well as other locations which are listed in the show notes. And I definitely encourage you to check it out. Please subscribe to the show. Leave us a review. Share us on social media. That's enough about that. Let's go. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grumbacher. Joining us in spirit today is Centauri Minor. Helping us move from awareness to action is Dr. Yasmin Tasalodi. Welcome, doctor. Thank you very much for having me. Excited to have you. You are a naturopathic doctor focused on treating the whole person. I was asking you how I should introduce you, and I was stumbling over a lot of technical medical terms, and you you you, you essentially saved me and just said, let's just say that I treat the whole person. So thank you. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, tell us a little bit about what a naturopathic doctor is mm-hmm. and why it is that you decided that this is something you wanted to do. Okay, so a naturopathic doctor uh, is medically trained in a four-year program, um, just like a conventional medical doctor. Um, But in addition to taking all the courses and the classes that they do, we also take um, the alternative medicine classes, like the botanical medicine, nutrition, Chinese medicine, and uh, psychology, and all the other good alternative therapies. Got it. Okay, cool. And what led you to it? Well, if you've ever found yourself in the self-help section of Barnes & Noble, I have. <laughs> that's, that's how uh, the journey kind of transitioned. I always wanted to go into conventional medicine, but I was also interested in psychology. And then I was just kind of trying to figure it all out, and I stumbled across this book that was about alternative medicine. I'd never heard about alternative medicine up till that point. And so as I learned about it, all the light bulbs went off, and... That just totally changed the trajectory of my life. Got it. Yeah. It just clicked. Like yeah. this, this totally makes sense to me. Yes. Got it. Nice. Cool. Yeah. And um, how long have you been practicing for? Two years now. Two years. Awesome. Yeah. And it's been really great. And it's what you expected. It's been better than what I expected. Yeah, for sure. I've learned a ton about people, myself, and just medicine and disease states and healing. That's been the biggest um, satisfaction to see people actually getting better and that I'm able to just facilitate that process. It's been really rewarding. That's an interesting thing, right? Yeah. It's like you wonder, or I wonder out loud here, sometimes I suppose if somebody comes in and there's something that you can really quickly fix, but a lot of the time people that come in with chronic pain or major or more serious or significant issues, it can take years. Yeah. <clears throat> and that could be sometimes frustrating, I would imagine, but as long as they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, it's probably very rewarding. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I've had cases where people have reacted much quicker than what I expected, and then I've had cases that has been a couple of years, and we've gotten to a good point, 
but it's still not to the point that I want it to be for them. But I know that right. it takes time. So yeah, I have to be patient as well. No, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's like managing anything. You're exactly. managing a project and the person that you're, you're, your patient needs mm-hmm. to be as engaged in the process mm-hmm. and they should be really more engaged than you are. And if you are more engaged in helping them get better physically, um, uh, mentally and everything else than they are, it's probably not going to work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's probably true of everything. Certainly for my work as yeah. we're working with people and in their financial situation. If I care about it more than they do, it's, that's just not going to match up. Yeah, absolutely. They have to play a huge role in their healing process. And that's really big. That's what I kind of set that expectation up front that they have to take on the lifestyle factors. Otherwise, the supplements and my therapies are only gonna work as much as they will. So it's really their responsibility to take on their health. Right. Yeah. So how do you do that? Is it, I mean, <laughs> in a hundred words or less, how do you actually accomplish that? That's that, that's a pretty dumb question. No, but no, no. To a degree, right? I mean, it's, it's habits. Yeah, I mean, I, flat out ask them that question like are you what are you willing to do Um, and then I tell them why they need to do that and if that's not something that we agree upon then we don't work together because I want their success and I know what it takes for them to be successful so right it's just if they agree then we move forward and if they don't well then it's better for everybody (laughs) pretty much probably over the long term yeah and let's just let's just use an example of uh, maybe a patient who has um, what what is a very common malady that people are coming in with hypothyroidism. What is that? A low thyroid function. What? How does that manifest itself? Oh, so they have constipation. Like everything in their body slows down. Hair loss, feeling tired, um, slowed heart rate. Yeah. Okay. So with that person. You have to examine, I'm sure, mm-hmm. their, their, their diet and their exercise routine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's so much that goes into that state, but a lot of it is the lifestyle factors uh, for sure. And then there's the imbalances in the other organ systems of the body. Let's just talk about the food, though. How do okay. you get people to change the way that they eat? Uh, there is a bit of motivational interviewing, but a lot of it is educating them. And that's something that's been missing in the conventional medical system is the association of food to disease. And so when I tell them like, hey, the food that you're eating is literally causing you to feel tired because your cells aren't getting the nutrients they need, that in and of itself motivates people. And then there's the emotional piece too that we bring in. And so those two together will help somebody to change their habits and I work a lot on mindset to retrain and rewire their thoughts right mm-hmm. it's so tough to get people to make minor changes it's mm-hmm. like why we don't keep our New Year's resolutions is why and why the the 24-hour fitnesses the world are the busiest in January yeah. and then a little slower in February exactly. and, and then there's nobody there whatever mm-hmm. um, so getting people to actually make those changes. Do you make, do you cause them or ask them to check in with you and keep like a food log or a journal? How, how, how does that? Yeah, it depends on the level of care they're receiving. With some of my patients, I do check in more frequently with them. 
but I always have them uh, have an accountability partner because just from the get-go, like who's going to support you in this? Because that's so huge. We, all of us need an accountability partner for whatever goal we're setting out. Um, so that's the biggest piece of it. And you and leave then, that up to them to pick that person? Yes. Yeah. But someone who's going to actually be supportive of them. Right. Mm -hmm. That's creating a new habit or replacing a bad one. You have yeah. to, number one, understand. I think the first thing you have to do is say, yes, I'm interested in becoming healthy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? Absolutely. And let's just spend a, spend a second on that. Do people usually come to you proactively? They say, you know what, I feel sluggish, or is it something bad happened? Um, it's mostly they're dealing with something for quite a while um, that they haven't been able to get to the bottom of. I've had a few patients being more proactive, but most people are dealing with some kind of symptom or health condition. Got it. Yeah. And so they realize, you know what, I just, I can't, I can't keep going on mm -hmm. like this. Yeah, exactly. And so they say, okay, I'm, I am interested in, in becoming healthy. Mm -hmm. And then it's, do you know how to do it? Yes. And it's pretty wild, right? It's like all the information I could ever possibly want to know about diet and exercise is right at my fingertips with my telephone, right? Yes, exactly. But, but it's maybe too much or they don't spend the time to do it. Um, and we haven't been programmed that way. Um, like, I mean, everybody knows, like we learned in school, diet and exercise are good, but it's the association to disease. And then it's because of the medical model we've been raised in, such as I was, I never knew about how my lifestyle was causing me to have all of the health concerns I was experiencing. And so I had to go to my own naturopathic doctor and go through the training that I did to make that association. Got it. So a lot of the time it's just lack of education or awareness. And then the second step is the motivational piece that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay, I want to make a change, now I know how. And it's having the support to actually mm -hmm. make that happen. Exactly. Because you're right, I don't think we need accountability, although it's not the most fun thing in the world. Yeah. But it's so important. Exactly. So is it usually, a, is it a friend, it's a loved one? Um, whoever they think is going to fully support them. Usually it is a loved one. Got it. Mm -hmm. And you coach them up on how to have the conversation with their accountability partner? Uh, typically I haven't because most of them um, do come back within the month and they have taken action. But if it's someone that I see a few times, they're just not able to get the ball rolling with their lifestyle habits, then I'll sit down and have that conversation with them. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And then work to create the, those good habits moving forward. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Got it. Well, I think that on your website, it talks about how, why optimal health is so important because if you're not healthy, you're probably not able to enjoy everything that life has to offer. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, um, there's seven areas of health that we actually look at, uh, with each person and it's, the physical body is what I'm trained in, but there's also the mind, the emotions, the spirit, the social, financial, and other pieces of it. But it's really about fulfilling on all of those to truly have that optimal state of health. Got it. Mm -hmm. And so you're focused on that, and that is very much a departure from, or is it? Is that a great departure from conventional medicine? I would say so, because conventional medicine is more, let's give you a diagnosis and treat it with medications, which again, I'm not against. I believe medications are effective, um, but it's not really getting to the bottom of what's going on. 
with the person. And in the long run, it's not, it's just covering more symptoms. Right. Yeah. Addressing the symptoms, not the root cause. Yes, exactly. Is that just because you think that the practice of just prescribing a, a pill, for lack of a better term, is that because there's too many people in the system and not enough physicians in, in conventional medicine? Or is that just the way that they were trained? It's both. Is it uh, that they're lazy? <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but I think it's the way that um, most doctors have been trained. The tools just aren't there. Um, although a lot of doctors are shifting more into functional medicine and integrative medicine. So they're bringing in the nutrition and other aspects, which is really great to hear. Um, but it's their training, and then it's also the insurance model. So if a doctor only um, is compensated for about seven minutes, then they can't spend an hour and a half talking to that person. Mm. So it's both those pieces. Money. Yeah. Go, go figure that that's, that's at the root of all of our problems. Yes. <laughs> Stupid money. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. So... Well, I'd like to talk about how, how each one of these elements, mind, body, spirit, um, mm -hmm. how they all interact, but I don't know the best way to, 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 to go about that. Perhaps, perhaps you do. <laughs> I would hope so. Uh, so in regards to the body, um, what I am fascinated by is just how interconnected all the organ systems are. Um, and you really can't treat just one organ system, let's say the kidneys, without looking at the heart. Or you can't treat the gut, the digestive system, without looking at the brain or the skin or, you know, other systems that it's interacting with. Uh, that's the most fascinating piece that I get to educate my patients on. And for instance, when they do come in with hypothyroidism that I mentioned, I really, um, by the end of that first visit, I identify which organ systems are out of balance. And that's how we're approaching the case. So it's not just that they have this disease state and I'm going to give them some natural remedy for it. It's more of let's put those systems back into balance and then your symptoms will um, be eliminated. Right. So that's the body piece. The mind piece, um, I'm not trained as a counselor or a therapist, but I absolutely, that's like my sweet spot. I love delving into um, thought patterns and false belief systems that, people come in with that are literally contributing to their physical symptoms. And much of the time, they're not even aware of all that subconscious programming that's creating a disease state in their body. And our thoughts and our emotions literally can be toxic or they can work to produce healing. And there's so much research on that. Um, Carolyn Leaf, uh, she's done a lot of, she's a neuroscientist and she's done a lot of research regarding that. Um, and other great researchers out there uh, to show how literally the um, our thoughts and emotions can create proteins um, that work for or against our cells. Really? So, yeah. That's fascinating. It is, yeah. And it's empowering because then you know that you can shift your thoughts and you can shift your emotions to then create a state of health in the body. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how... How we're not really our brains aren't fully formed until age twenty five, and that's all my medical training teaches me that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, 
I was like, I don't know if you're serious right now. Well, no, that, that, that's always been my understanding is that, that our frontal cortex is not fully formed until about age 25. The nervous system, yeah. Yeah, sure. I'm, okay. I'm, I'll stop using technical terms. Oh, no. So our okay. brains are really, really growing and changing a lot up until 25. Yeah. And, then, and then they don't, they still change, but not nearly as, as, as much. Yes. I think. Well, that's been the... Um, the thought pattern, but new research is showing that you can continue to develop neural networks and you can raise your intelligence, which is really awesome. That you can actually become smarter, right? Regardless of how much you're aging. But that's not going to happen on its own, right? No, you, you have need to, to be mindful of it. Yeah, exactly. And you have to stimulate your brain in different ways and yeah, challenge yourself on a daily basis. So, and that's really, I, I, I also get very excited about that. I'm, yeah. I, I've been a meditator now for, I think, three three years or so, and that's mm -hmm. the whole idea of creating new neural pathways and strengthening mm -hmm. your brain. I don't know that it's working for me necessarily, oh, but, sure it but, but it very much is. So mm -hmm. you're telling me that their thoughts are are actually creating a protein? Uh, yeah, they can, they can secrete chemicals and they can turn on proteins uh, that will then initiate different reactions to occur. Don't ask me to get all into the right. research part of it um, because she's the one that did all that. But, yeah, it's really fascinating that you can um, create new cells um, with these receptors that if you're creating more happiness um, in your body, then you'll end up experiencing more happiness and then your cells will develop in a more healthy state as a result of that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that we all know that it's better to be to be grateful and happy mm -hmm. and positive as opposed to the opposite. Um, but that there's actual evidence that shows that it's doing something to our bodies. Yeah, that's absolutely. awesome. Carolyn Leaf. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Okay, mm -hmm. very cool. Um, and how does she recommend? Is that a, some kind of a meditation practice or just being? I don't want to call it meditation, just being mindful yeah. and, and thinking on a certain topic. She has a 21-day brain detox program, mm -hmm. and she walks you through her steps. Um, but there's so many ways. I mean, I really enjoy um, enjoyed reading that and utilizing that. Um, but there's so many ways to go about it. It's just a matter of bringing into your awareness the toxic thoughts and then being able to eliminate them in a very healthy fashion. So whether you use meditation or prayer or hypnosis or EMDR, there's like so many different ways to go about rewiring your brain. Got it. So you just got to find the method that works for you. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. So the mind, and that'll help us with anxiety and mm -hmm. depression and ADHD. And those are certainly our... Are those becoming more and more common or are people just being treated or diagnosed with those more, more often? Um, that's a great question. I would say a little bit of both. Um, it's becoming more common in regards to our lifestyle habits, um, the diet and nutrition piece, and the overactive minds that we have because of all of that stimulation that we're having on a daily basis. And then just modern society um, is causing a lot of people to be depressed or anxious. Um, and then a lot of more people are talking about it now. So there's so many support groups and programs. So it's not as taboo to say you have anxiety or depression. Right. So it's a bit of both. Well, that's certainly a very positive thing. Mm -hmm. Going back to the role in actually 
getting past a lot of these things or being successful is community and having a supportive community. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you're right. People are very open about talking about being treated for, for all of these things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And then the spirit piece. Yeah, that's the piece that um, I'm currently working on integrating into my practice because it's something that, uh, it's such a personal journey and I've had my own personal journey with that and I'm continuing to delve into it. But I find that the spiritual piece is just as important as our physical body and our mental, emotional body to create that full state of health. And for me, the spiritual piece, um, one of the components is finding your passion and your purpose in life. And that's something that I also get really excited for with my patients getting healthier because a lot of times they're in jobs that they don't want to be in. And we know how stress is the number one killer. And if you're, and we just talked about toxic thoughts and emotions. So if they're constantly in this position where they're not experiencing happiness, then that's going to create a lot of disturbances in their physiology. So I always make sure that um, I pinpoint if there's uh, an area in their life where they're just not having, feeling like they're fulfilling on their purpose in life. Um, and then the other piece is just having that communion with a higher power, which in my personal belief system, that's God. Um, and so I work with people from all different faiths. Um, and so it's, that's the part that I'm currently investigating more. Uh, but it's been fascinating, the research that's come out about prayer and meditation and all of that. Um, it's literally can shift your brain. It can shift the chemicals that we talked about and just produce better outcomes overall. It's such a simple thing. It's how you look at a situation makes all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. Right? If you, yeah. you could have the best day ever, but mm -hmm. I think our brains are just more attracted to going towards a negative thing. It's like yeah. I had this awesome day, eight hours of great stuff, but on the way home, I got cut off and that just ruined everything. Yeah. Actually, Carolyn Leaf talks about that uh, in regards to, that's just how we're wired. We're wired to be negative for some reason. Mm -hmm. And we have to put in a lot of work to maintain that positive attitude. But I know exactly what you're talking about. I've experienced that so many times myself. So yeah. it's it, fascinating. It is. It is for sure yeah. fascinating. And, and I don't even, society, the internet shoves negative stuff down our throat 24 hours a day, mm -hmm. right? Negative stories. I don't, there's way more negative stuff on Twitter, for example, than, than there mm -hmm. are positive things. So, so you have to be, I think, really deliberate about being positive and exactly. understanding, curating the thoughts that are in the information that's, that's going in. Absolutely. Going into our ears. Yeah, which is great about social media. You can literally follow people on Instagram with just positive things, whether it's positive nutrition or positive mindset. Um, so that's the great news about using social media to your advantage. That's a really good point. I think the yeah. Instagram is probably, that's probably one of the greatest things about Instagram for sure is it's lots, there's a ton of inspiring people mm -hmm. and you follow that all day long. And it, it, it is inspiring. Yeah, so, exactly. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, talk about, and before we, we started recording, we were talking a little bit about um, helping people find their why and, and purpose. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm fascinated by that. And there's a lot of really great people that are doing a lot of great work in that area. 
do you, are the people that, that you're working with, are they receptive to that? Is it is there a wall that's that's there that you have to work through? In regards to figuring out their purpose? Yes. Uh, most people are receptive when I ask them um, because I come from this place of I really care about each person that I interact with and I want the best for them. And so many of them are very open about talking to me about it. I haven't had one person that's shut me down so far of wanting to know mm -hmm. if they are working towards that. But some of them do say that they don't know, um, which again is great because then we can, as long as they're willing, then we can work on that. And there's tons of life coaches and business coaches out there that I refer to. So got it. Yeah. Depending on what uh, study or survey you read, only a third of Americans really like their job. Yeah, that's really you know, sad. It's terrible, right? Yeah, that's what exactly. we spend the great majority of our time, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. A married person is around their spouse a couple hours a day and they sleep, right? Mm -hmm. And then they're around the people that they work with and if they don't like their job, and that's a pretty lousy situation. Exactly. So yeah. that people are, are open to talking about it, um, that's, it, there's a clear disconnect there. It's mm -hmm. like, how can, how can you help people to whatever it is that they're doing, find the impact that they're having? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Just because you're in manufacturing doesn't mean that you have to hate it. Mm -hmm. It's not the easiest thing in the world to trick your brain, but at some level, right? It's like fake yeah. it until you make it, until you have the job that it's your dream job that you want. Find what impact you're having mm -hmm. at, in, in, in the current role. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's where something like meditation is really useful and figuring out what it is that truly ignites you and makes you feel passionate and then working with someone to achieve that goal and figure out how to get those systems in place to then take that uh, dream that you have and make it into a reality. Right. Yeah. Put the systems in place. Yes. And then do it every day. Yes. Oh my gosh, consistency is huge. Huge, huge. <laughs> Probably everything, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um. Let's talk a little bit about, or let's talk a lot about, about our guts. My favorite topic. <laughs> and I think that that is an actual technical term. Yeah, our right? guts. Yeah, yeah, gut, the gut, gut health. Yeah, it's, um, well, Hippocrates said many, many years ago that all disease begins in the gut. And it's so true because the gut is literally the hub of our health because it has so many different functions and it is literally where all of the um, nutrients that you absorbed from the food that you ate will go to all cells of your body, and then the body's able to use that, and then the gut helps to detox um, any materials that it doesn't need. And so it's a really, really important part of your health to make sure that the gut's working properly, and there's this huge uh, connection to the brain. There's tons of... Um, researchers out there and doctors who are now looking at the interconnection between the gut and the brain and they're calling the gut the second brain and i can get into all of that in just a second but mm. it's fascinating um, how much we're learning more about the functions of the gut and how much it plays into our health or disease process got it well it certainly makes sense yeah right absolutely how many years roughly speaking does it take to like all of our cells turn over, it's like seven years or so. 
So uh, I'm a depends. totally different person. Yeah. T- 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 ten years from now, I will technically be a different <laughs> human being, right? Yes. <laughs> and if all I eat are Big Macs, I might just turn into turn into a happy man. <laughs> that's a good one. Right? I but, like that. Fundamentally, that, that's it, right? Mm-hmm. If I just put crap in my body. Yeah, exactly. It's not a shock that I'm not going to operate very well. Yeah. My my meat vehicle is, is, is not going to run very efficiently. Exactly, yeah. It's it's a direct, like whatever you eat is going to either turn into healthy cell or it's going to turn, it's going to clog up that cell. And people wonder why they're so tired all the time or in pain. And it's because you're not giving your cells the right materials to work with. It's kind of like putting water into your gas tank. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have that connection. Most people don't have that connection of how important diet is and how important it's to eat the right food so that your gut works properly so that the rest of your body works properly. I appreciate that. But you think that people don't really realize that or they're like, yeah, I know I'm not supposed to eat this, but but it tastes so good, right? I know. It's that instant satisfaction (laughs) that we have with our society. That's the hardest part. I think it's the more emotional piece that gets in the way. Right. Just wanting it right there. Right now. And people are very busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Time, there's money. That. Yeah. Now everybody that. has the ability to, to, to cook food at home. Maybe perhaps yeah. they don't know how. Yeah. That's actually one of the biggest things that I come up against with patients is that they're so like gung-ho, like, yeah, I want to start this program and I'm really tired of my symptoms. But then when I ask them to, okay, so what are you willing to do? Are you willing to cook? A lot of people don't know how to cook or they just don't care for it. But... Um, either you can learn how to do that or you can hire out a meal company. And nowadays there's so many meal prep companies out there. Um, Trader Joe's makes your life so much easier by giving you like pre, um, cut vegetables. And so I tell my patients no excuses because if you truly want a state of health, you're going to have to invest in it some way, somehow you have to make the time to, um, cook or get somebody to cook for you you just can't cheat the system that way yeah got it um okay so my second brain is it's in my stomach yes so we have um, a lot of nerve cells inside of our um, intestines so the lining of the digestive tract is covered with these nerve cells and they communicate to the brain via this nerve that runs down from the brain to um, the abdominal area called the vagus nerve. And they're just constantly talking back and forth to each other all day long. So whatever's going on in the digestive tract is talking to the brain, and then the brain sends signals um, back down to control the functions of digestion. Got it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, it makes sense that everything is communicating. Yeah. yeah, and then there's also a gut bacteria, which is another buzzword, the microbiome. Um, is a huge buzzword nowadays where the bacteria that are good bacteria for us, they're in the large intestine and um, they're, they have so many different functions um, to produce energy for us, to regulate our stress levels, to help put us to sleep, to um, help us lose weight. I mean, there's so many functions that they have, but in regards to the brain, they actually create these chemicals like serotonin, um, like GABA, glutamate, that will help to keep us happy, keep us calm, um, helps with learning, memory, cognition. So it's just so fascinating that you would never think that these little tiny bugs would do all of that for us. Right. Yeah. 
And there's actually, fun fact, um, there's more <laughs> bacterial cells in our body than there are human cells. So we're just like huge blobs of bacteria, if you want to think about it. Right. Like that. Yeah. It's so fascinating. And it, it very much is. But it's too, it's, it is a lot to, to wrap my brain around. <laughs> and what, what makes them happy? Okay. So I know we've talked a lot about diet. But going back to diet, that's the biggest piece. Um, and I can break down into specific dietary pieces, um, such as eating foods that are naturally fermented so that they have those good probiotics in them. So things like sauerkraut and not the kind that you get like at the uh, baseball, baseball game. Baseball game. Uh, it's not that? <laughs> yeah, it's not that one. It's the one that they sell at the natural health food stores. You can make your own at home um, if you wanted. But they sell really high-quality ones. Kimchi is another one um, that's more of a Korean style. There's um, probiotic supplements, but in regards to food, there's um, kefir, which is fermented dairy product. Um, there's pickles, but again, not like those neon-looking pickles, but <laughs> really high-quality pickles. They actually add food coloring. Of course they do. I did not realize that until a few years ago. There's probably soy in it too somehow. Yeah. So it's got to be the highest quality product. So that's one. Then uh, getting those fruits and vegetables because of the fiber content, which will then feed those bacteria. So your fruits and veggies make happy bacteria. Fruits and veggies make happy bacteria. <laughs> <clears throat> and happy bacteria send signals to my brain says, we're yes. good down here. Brain says, okay. <laughs> so, all right. Exactly. Uh, and then obviously limiting the sugars, limiting the processed foods, anything in a box or a package, you just have to avoid for the most part um, because that will disturb that process. Uh, and then stress is huge because high levels of stress over a long period of time will actually disrupt that um, gut flora, the gut bacteria. So that's another big reason why we have to manage our stress appropriately and getting good sleep. Because again, if you, which is a, another huge topic, which we probably won't get into today, but um, the less sleep you get or interrupted sleep you get, that will also disrupt that balance in your gut. So that's a huge one. And in, I've, I've always been a fan of sleep. I'm, I'm not in mm -hmm. respect people that that are high achievers and they're getting a lot done. And so they have so much to do on a daily basis and they get so much done that they're not able to sleep very much. Awesome. That's very exciting for me. I've, I've never been ashamed to, to get eight hours of sleep That's a night amazing. or really strive for that anyway, seven or eight. Yeah. Um, cause I don't have that much to do apparently, but <laughs> is there a, a rule that says everybody should get this much or does it really depend on the individual? Generally speaking, it should be seven or more. Um, so seven to nine is preferable. Anything less than seven is typically not good, even though I know some people will argue against that till the end of time. Mm -hmm. But from the general public, seven plus hours of sleep for sure. And the timing really makes a huge difference too. So being in bed before 10 o'clock, even if you get eight hours of sleep, makes a huge difference um, in how your brain will function and how your body will function. So it's the timing and the length of sleep. That's an interesting thing, right? Mm -hmm. I know. I remember reading about this years ago. Like an hour of sleep before twelve o'clock is worth so much more than yeah. than after. Yeah, and I mean, I encourage anybody to just try that on, just mm -hmm. to see the difference in their body. Right. Mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> but some people are the are nighttime people, right? I know. <laughs> is 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 that a real thing, or is is that just a habit kind of a thing? Um, I think it's more habit. Although I know some people do operate better at nighttime, but again, just because of the physiological piece of it. Um, it's really a good habit to break and to figure out another time where they can perhaps like pushing back that time a little earlier to like seven, seven to nine, maybe if the nighttime is where they get the most work done. Right. Yeah. My brain turns into mush after a certain <laughs> yeah. time in the afternoon and I will get nothing productive Same done. Here. Same here. Okay. What else do I need to know about the gut? The gut, um, so leaky gut is another uh, big concern nowadays because of all the processed foods and the stress and the medications and the toxins in our environment. That will disturb the small intestine. So there's these little cells that line the small intestine, which I have right here for you. And um, these cells are held together by these tight junctions. And when that tight junction is disturbed because of the factors that I just mentioned, that will cause uh, undigested food particles to leak through and bacteria and toxins to leak through into the blood. And then your immune system gets activated and it will attack um, those particles. And so over a long period of time, that's going to cause a lot of inflammation in the body, which causes a lot of different symptoms. That's really bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of these disease conditions like um, thyroid conditions or joint pain or ADHD, Alzheimer's, um, fatigue, so many of these health conditions have to do simply with this process going on. So they've linked a lot of disease states to this. Well, it looks like a terrible thing. Yeah. The good news is that we have the tools in order to restore that gut lining um, using <clears throat> high quality supplements and minerals, using herbal medicines um, in order in order to restore and heal up that lining. Got it. Yeah. So leaky gut is essentially the lining of my large or small, small intestine. The lining of my small intestine um, gets holes that food actually leaks through and gets into my yeah. blood or toxins. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see yeah. where that would be bad. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, got it. And so toxins, those are examples of toxins. Toxins, anything, I'm sorry. No. Anything from food, so the processed foods that we talked about, to environmental toxins. So a lot of it is um, in the home, in the workplace. And I could draw you like a huge list, but anything from carpeting to um, synthetic materials to chemicals to our personal care products, like for females especially, they use so many makeup and mm. shampoos and just lotions and potions that contain a lot of ca uh, synthetic ingredients, and that gets absorbed into our bloodstream. Um, at the workplace, depending on what you do for work, um, there could be a lot of chemicals in the environment um, and fumes from exhaust and there's just the soil, the water. I mean, in Arizona in We're particular, in <laughs> yeah. I know people say, well, what's the point? I'm going to die anyway, but it's really about nobody's getting away with being toxic. It's a matter of your toxic load and how well you're eliminating those toxins. So that's the biggest thing. And so you do that by having as much as possible a healthy lifestyle to ensure that your body is able to on its own detoxify those toxins that you're being bombarded with on a daily basis. Um, 
In regards to home care as well, there's the cleaning products. So fortunately, more and more stores are bringing on more natural household cleaners and more natural products. So that's really, really good news for us. Right. Um, so there's a lot of things that we can feel empowered to take on to make sure we're not getting leaky gut so that our yeah. brains stop working. There's actually leaky brain now because as a result of the leaky gut, <laughs> you can actually, no, this is for real, <laughs> you can actually uh, damage um, that blood brain barrier and cause substances that shouldn't go into your brain to now go into your brain. And that's causing a lot of cognitive disturbances. I'm sure. Yeah. Leaky so. brain. <laughs> that sounds like restless yeah. leg syndrome. <laughs> Dr. Uh, Perlmutter, who I follow, and um, Dr. Mark Hyman, they talk a lot about um, this concept of leaky brain and broken brain. And so there's broken a brain. lot of research. Broken brain sounds like something I would say. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so there's a ton of research to show this. So... Some of those foods that we talked about, you said it was naturally, naturally fermented. Naturally fermented foods. Foods, Lots, whole foods. Whole foods, no yeah, anti-inflammatory, yeah. So it's everything that you hear about, um, but we don't do, but it's really, and the fruits and the vegetables, people usually think, oh, I have to like nosh on celery sticks and, you know, peanut butter all day. But just like I was saying about going to Instagram, if you follow a lot of different um, people that are in the nutrition field, there's so many appetizing um, recipes that they post that it just makes you want to make those so yeah. you can eat healthy and feel satisfied and enjoy it mm -hmm. you just have to be a little creative with it right um, but anti-inflammatory foods um, avoiding the glute the three foods that most of us eat I know <laughs> that they're yummy but they're really bad for you is the gluten the dairy and the sugar those are the top three contenders yeah, sugar is awfully terrible for you. Yeah, exactly. Gluten has gotten such a bad rap over the last couple of years. But it is. It's pretty, in our country especially, it's pretty inflammatory. But I, I know people who will travel to Europe and eat um, whole wheat there, and it doesn't affect them as <clears> much. So it's the way that we process it. Right. It's essentially a different yes. food. Yeah. That's what smart people have told me in the past. Yeah. So, which is fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um and getting uh, healthy fats um, and trying to do organic and grass-fed and uh, GMO-free or non-GMO as much as possible. Right. So those things will really help to restore that gut function. Got it. Mm -hmm. um, healthy gut, healthy brain. Yes. Avoid leaky gut and broken brain. <laughs> Got and it. And a leaky brain, yeah. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. spices, things like that, like I know that turmeric is very good for you and yes. ginger, those are anti-inflammatory yes. agents. Other spices that maybe people haven't thought to put in their food but would be very beneficial. Um, spices specific or to just, just, just anything. Or just general. I mean, oregano is a really great one. It uh, has a lot of great antimicrobial properties. Uh, let's see. Salt, depending, like salt can actually, Himalayan salt or... Um, yeah, Himalayan salt is typically a really good one. It has a lot of minerals in it. Uh, let's see what else. There's so many. Yeah, sometimes um, I'm like, well, I guess I could put every spice in my food. but Yeah, like anything like thyme is really good. Um, basil. 
So yeah, whatever is, as long as it's organic, it's typically going to be really um, useful for your body. Mm -hmm. It's got a lot of properties. Got it. Um, in regard to antibiotics, I hear that they've been really, really over prescribed yes. and therefore superbugs going to come wipe out the entire human population soon. <laughs> which maybe is, is or Lipica, whichever comes right. first um yeah so again i'm not against antibiotics or any medication however it's the misuse and the overuse of them especially because a lot of times they're prescribed for viral infections and so it's not effective um and a lot of these um supplements and when you have a great working gut um, your natural gut bacteria act as antibiotics um, in a sense because you're supposed to get rid of the bad pathogens and the bad bacteria that come in. So if you fortify your gut, you're essentially keeping your body strong enough not to allow those bad bugs to come in. Right. Um, but then using um, herbal products that are very antiviral and antibacterial in nature is highly effective. They've done tons of research on a lot of herbs that show they're just as effective as antibiotics and sometimes even more. Um, things like echinacea um, is one of them. Astragalus is another herb that's used typically. Elderberry syrup is really good for colds and flus. Um, and then there's the nutrients like vitamin C, vitamin D. So making sure all of your nutrients are in place. And then if you need extra support, you dose them pretty high. Got it. Mm -hmm. What do you think about multivitamins? Uh, so we should technically get all of our vitamins and minerals from foods, and that should be the first source. Uh, but because of our lifestyles, even the people that are doing their best, I still do recommend some high-quality multivitamin. But again, it has to be really good quality. Otherwise, a lot of vitamins that are in the vitamin stores are made with fillers and sometimes GMO products. And so you just got to make sure it's a really good product. It is a lot. And that's why vitamins, on that note, um, have gotten such a bad rep is because a lot of times they're not made from high-quality ingredients and they're not professional grade. So it can actually work against the body, such as fish oils. Like fish oils are really, really good for you, but if they're the type that you buy, and I'm not going to mention any store names, but there's a, a few stores that sell like rancid oils and that's not going to do much in your body and then you think, oh, it didn't. It didn't work for right, me. Artificial doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hmm. So okay, well, if somebody is interested in buying supplements, are there certain brands or certain stores that you would recommend? Uh, there, I typically direct patients um, if I'm not prescribing them myself to Sprouts, Natural Grocers, Whole Foods. Um, those are usually the stores in the valley that I recommend. Whole Foods. <laughs> yeah. Such a great store. It is. I resisted it for so long, but mm -hmm. anyway, Amazon will come for yes. all of us at some point. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Resist. <laughs> anyway, um, what else? What else? Uh, let's see. We talked about gut health. Talked about brain health, emotional health. What else? It's really about just getting to the root cause. And so it's identifying the organ systems, identifying the lifestyle factors, identifying the mental-emotional factors, 
the spiritual factor and it's really about putting these pieces all together and a lot of people when they hear of alternative medicine or natural medicine there's so many practitioners that practice in a different way uh, but I would say the way that I've been trained is really they're just tools to direct the body back into a state of balance and the tool isn't as important as is the purpose behind that tool so I can use acupuncture or I can use homeopathic medicine to achieve the same result uh, it's just a matter of what can you know what I choose to do and what is in the best interest of that patient right we like to overcomplicate things yeah <clears throat> just like exactly. we are drawn towards negativity over positivity I think that we want a solution that it must be way more complicated than simply having a healthy diet of, of whole foods and mm -hmm. exercising and getting enough water and not being stressed out yeah like, exactly just just do that <laughs> <clears throat> yeah I mean for the most part, that should reset your body, um, but with most chronic disease states that people come in with, they need more support. And so that's where practitioners come in to then support via supplements and nutrients and herbs and all that good um, therapeutic models that they use. Got it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so I encourage everybody to come and, and, and speak with you. But if they're not able to come and speak with you, how would you recommend that they find and evaluate a naturopathic doctor? Uh, so there's actually a, web, a couple of websites. There's naturopathic.org, there's anp.org that they can search for a licensed naturopathic doctor. Um, and they can find um, in different states across the U.S., depending on where they live. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. well, that's easy enough. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so how would somebody <clears throat> tell us where, where everybody can find you and then how, how that looks? They call you up and they come in and you have an initial consultation or? Sure. So the website is um, dryasnd.com. So it's D-R-Y-A-S-N is Nancy, D.com. And uh, I offer a complimentary 15-minute consultation just to see if we're a good fit and how I can help you. And then thereafter, it's a 90-minute visit, and it's a very um, uh, comprehensive visit where I sit with you, go through your medical history, and then identify the areas in your body that are out of balance that we just talked about, and do a physical examination, and then come up with a basic treatment plan. And then we would come back and reconvene within a month, um, sometimes earlier than that, depending on the condition. And then we would go from there until they achieve that state of health. Awesome. Yeah. Excellent. What have we forgotten to talk about? <laughs> I mean, there's so much more that I can share. Right. Um, but, you know, I think we covered the bases of health. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. very much enjoyed Thank this. Thank you so much. Yeah, likewise. <clears throat> um, if you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show. Leave us a review. Check out... Yasmin's website, come come and see her. And as always, keep questioning because struggle is real. <laughs>